chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Mary, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord <coughs> and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, <coughs> who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother, mother marvelled at what was said about him. Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that he will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Let us pray. <coughs> I'm just going to bear with me a moment. I'm just going to mark something. I've left some bits at home. There we go. Right. So, um, this occurs on the eighth day. So, uh, Mary and Joseph are doing what the law required. Now, if you were here, I can't remember which service it was when we spoke a little bit about uh, Moses giving the law and now we are under grace. So, Mary and Joseph are doing what the law required. On the eighth day, they bring Jesus to the temple. So, in reality, this occurs before the wise men have been to visit uh, in, well, in all likelihood, have been to visit the stable, um, been to visit Mary and Joseph and the young boy. And Simeon, 
who was righteous and devout. He was in the temple. He was there to greet them. We also have Anna, this old lady who has been a widow for decades, also at the temple, who greets this child. Uh, And it's a shame that we don't have recorded in the Bible what she says, Uh, but she is a prophet and she also greets this amazing child uh, with words of prophecy. But we're going to spend a few minutes thinking about Simeon and his gift of peace. Because he says when he prays, he takes Jesus in his arms and praises God. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. So what is this peace that Simeon uh, can allude to uh, in his prophecy? Well, first of all, as I've said, We need to identify the fact that everything about this story is orchestrated by God. Whilst Jesus came to fulfil the law and we are under grace, this is the law that God gave. So God directed that Mary and Joseph should be in the temple doing what the law required when Jesus was eight days old. But of course, it was coupled by their obedience. If they had not been obedient to the law, if they had not wanted to observe what God asked them to do, they would not have been at the temple. So their being at the temple was coupled both in what God had directed and in their obedience. But we can see that of of Simeon too. Uh, Luke is very fond of giving very short biographies of people. So we read in verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Luke gives a very short description of Simeon there, but it's all we need to know to know that what Simeon does and says is trustworthy. He is in Jerusalem, in in the temple, and this is where the centre of the uh, Israelite and the Jewish nation is the centre of their spiritual identity, their cultural identity, and their national identity. And he was there waiting, he was anticipating, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and God prompted him to be there at the right time. And God prompted him to recognise who Mary and Joseph were carrying. Now, his idea of what the consolation of Israel would be like was possibly not in the form of a baby. He was looking forward to when Israel would be restored as a nation. And the Holy Spirit brought him to this child. It says in 27, we are, he was moved by the Spirit and went into the temple court. There is no indication that he knew in advance that today was going to be the day. But he was sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and he was obedient Just as Mary and Joseph had to be obedient to what God was calling them to do, Simeon was obedient to what God, what the Spirit of God called him to do. 
And he came and he spoke these words. As you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. So the first point about Simeon's peace is it is spoken out of a place of obedience. He was observing what God had called him to do. He didn't know what that would be, but he was willing to obey and willing to serve. But he says very clearly, as you have promised. God was fulfilling a promise that God had made. And so often we can lose our sense of peace in what God uh, can give us if we start worrying about things that God has not promised. Or we have expectations of things that God has not promised to do and not promised for us. God has not actually promised to heal us through the work of the NHS. So often we pray, and it's right to pray for people and for doctors and nurses. But God is the healer. God is the healer. And our faith mustn't be, God, please work through the doctor to make me well, though that is a perfectly acceptable prayer. Ultimately, our, God, our prayer is that God would bring healing. Simeon was, could declare peace because it was something that God fulfilled, that God had promised. He had this insight and in the face of, uh, it was all, in, in all likelihood, his promise, his, the words where he says, now dismiss your servant in peace, are referring to his own death. To have a sense of peace when you feel as if your life is ending shows that the peace of God is not like the swan. It is what goes on in the inside. But God's peace is not also in the absence of conflict. His prophecy goes on to say, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. As I've said, Simeon was in the temple, the centre of identity for the Jewish people. And here he talks about revelation for all people and to the Gentiles. If you read through the preceding chapters, which we have covered quite a lot, at, and we do every year, cover quite a lot at Christmas, you cannot help but notice Luke has recorded words of prophecy and praise from Mary and Zechariah. And they all link together. They all speak of the prophecy of who this baby is, but neither Mary or Zechariah talk about the Gentiles at all. Mary says in, uh, in chapter 1 and verse 54, she's talking her praise to God after she has found out that she is to give birth to this miraculous baby. She says, God, he has helped his servant Israel. 
remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. There is no expectation that Jesus has anything to do with the Gentiles from Mary. And in Zechariah's song, he sings praises when he is able to speak. After John has been born and uh, Zechariah has confirmed what he was told, that the name of that child would be John, he speaks praise filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesies. And throughout his prophecy, at the end of chapter 1, he talks about our people. He talks about us being the uh, Jewish people. He talks of Jesus being salvation from our enemies, to show mercy to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father, Abraham. And it goes on. Simeon is the first one who identifies that Jesus has got anything to do with the Gentiles. Or perhaps that should be that Gentiles have anything to do with Jesus. This would have been a highly controversial statement for him to make, especially in the temple, especially at that time of Roman power. It might even have been considered impolite as he goes on and says to Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. To tell a new mother that her baby is going to be the source of conflict that people will oppose him and that her heart will be broken is not probably considered terribly polite. It would not be considered loving or kind. I mean, as if anyone would say that to a new mother. And yet Simeon, speaking of peace, also speaks of conflict and opposition. He makes this controversial statement, but it doesn't deny his peace. It doesn't stop him knowing that he is fulfilling what God has promised and prompted him to do. And we are faced with a world of conflict and opposition. A world in which it can be difficult to find peace. But God can still give us peace in the midst of everything that is going on. When we are looking to God to fulfill what God has promised in God's timing, that is when we find peace. But Simeon could find peace in the face of giving this really difficult prophecy because he was faithful to God. We know he was moved by the Holy Spirit and prompted to be there and to speak these words. We have to be very careful, very careful when we are saying things that we believe are of God. Because like Simeon, they can be very risky. He was assured that he was correct. 
And we have to be very careful that when we speak what we believe God is saying to us, that we are correct. Because if we are saying something is of God and it's of not, then we are taking the Lord's name in vain. And that is something that should never be taken lightly. There is, of course, a balance, and it comes from being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Paul charged Timothy with saying, speak the word, preach the word, in season and out of season. And we must do the same. But we must do so wisely and as prompted by the Holy Spirit, just as Simeon was. Throughout this passage, we can see that God is behind the timing. God is behind the promise. And God is behind the prophecy. He has brought this together, and in this moment, Simeon can speak peace. It is only when God is in charge, despite what may feel like an impolite thing to say or do. When God is in charge of what God has promised and the timing, that is only the time that we can find peace. And as we go into 2024, we need to look to God to be the author and perfecter of everything that we do. We do not know what God may call us to do. We do not know what difficult conversations we may be called to have. We do not know what promises we wish he had made, but actually he hasn't. But when we, like Simeon, can be assured that we are in the centre of his will, when we have God's prompting and our obedience coming together, That is when we find the peace. The peace not that looks calm on the outside and flapping under the water, but the peace that means that no matter what is going on, and the world is in turmoil, our lives might feel in turmoil, but we can find that sense of peace that Simeon spoke, Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for the gift of peace. And like all gifts from you, it is something for us to receive, not something for us to work up in ourselves. It is a gift that you offer when we come to you with our burdens, our concerns and our struggles. And we lay them before you. Lord, as we enter this year, we all have different things on our hearts and minds, different worries and anxieties. Help us to be obedient and leave them with you. Help us not to rely on things that you have not promised, but to rely on your promises, which are far deeper and richer than we could imagine. 
Help us to follow your path, to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit as he prompts us. Help us to know your strength, to be bold and courageous when you call us to do. When you call us to do things that we might feel are challenging or controversial. Help us to stand up for the truth. And Lord, as you are the light for Jews and Gentiles, for the whole world, help us to speak as Simeon spoke, that we might share your light with those around us. That the revelation of Jesus as Lord and Saviour, as your greatest gift, would be a gift that we share with our neighbours and friends, our colleagues and family. And Lord, we ask you for that gift of peace. The gift of knowing that we are secure in you. That no matter what happens in our lives and in the world around us, you are with us. You hold us and you care for, you, for us. In your everlasting compassion and mercy. In the name of Jesus. Amen.